Shalom, everyone. And to you watching on wherever you are. Not live, but whenever you're watching here on the website of this really sacred place. I love coming here. Denise, Louis, I, we share the same heart. And while we were singing this morning, I know what that heart is. It's the only thing, you know, gee, this is not in my sermon, um, but it's a bonus because of what you sang. Jesus said, come to me, all who are worn out, weary, exhausted. I'll give you Shabbat. I'll give you a rest. I'll give you something. Because what did he say of himself? I'm meek or gentle and lowly. Wow. And we sang that. We can come to him because of who he is. I've been reading. I may never get to my sermon, but... Um, I've been reading so much about this gentle and lowly Savior. He didn't love me until I got saved, and then he said, now you're on your own. He's still gentle and lowly. He still loves me with his whole heart. When I was a kid, I grew up as an Orthodox Jew in Kansas City, right in the middle of the U.S., and the creed, some of you grew up with creeds. I believe in God, the Father, you know, different creeds. We had almost a Hebraic creed. It's from the Torah, from the scriptures, from the uh, early part of the Bible. Adonai, Adonai, El Rachum V'chanun, Erech Apayim Chased, the Lord, Lord God, compassionate and merciful, abounding in loving kindness and truth. Then it slips in that he'll be gracious to the thousandth generation. And then you read that next part, and he'll you know, remember the iniquity of the third and fourth generation. And you think, see, there you go. So my kids and grand, they're going to copy my sins. No, that's not the point. The point is a thousand generations get grace, three or four. So he's saying, you want to know who, I'm, who I am, what I'm like? Touch me and I will bleed mercy. I will bleed grace. And that's who he was in Exodus. And that's who he is in Matthew 11. And that's who he is today in wherever you are watching and certainly here in Toon Gabby, wherever we are, in an industrial park or in a day when you don't have any industry at all, I am overwhelmed by his kindness that leads me to repentance. I'm overwhelmed by his generosity and, and love. That's not part of the sermon. It's just part of what I'm reflecting on while we're singing. I hope while you sing that it's more than words. I hope while you sing that you're processing who God is to you and, and what's going on in your, not existence, but your life today, right then, and interact with the King of Heaven because he's here and he loves us. Well, those are what I'm processing as we were singing, so thank you uh, to all the musos who helped me be in the presence of God. We read Psalm 110, and it's a weird psalm. The Lord said to my Lord, now if you know anything about Jewish people, you know that there's only one God. <laughs> the Lord, my Lord, uh, sounds like two. Sounds like, David, you're confused. 
A little weird there, the Lord, my Lord, there's two, but there's only one, so David, how do you get around that? Now, that's one of the conundra that we want to talk about today. The other one is this. You believe Jesus is your great high priest, don't you? The great high priest who intercedes for us. Here's a problem. He can't be a priest. Priests, the Kohens, the Kohanim, the the Jewish priests come from the line of which son of Jacob? Levi. Jesus came from which son of Jacob? Judah. Yeah, good luck with that. How are you going to fix that? He can't be a high priest because he can't even be a priest. I mean, if he's a priest, okay, he could be the high priest, fine. But how is he the great high priest and he's not even a priest. Well, Psalm 110, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I accomplish something, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will stretch forth, strong scepter, midst of your enemies. This sounds great. This is fantastic. I don't know who's who in the Lord and my Lord. I don't know yet. But then in verse number four, the Lord has sworn. Okay, that's pretty cool. He makes an oath. And he will not change his mind. That's even better. Because I muck around with, I don't know, commit, I'm not committed. That kind of mind change. But God says, you are a priest forever, according to the order of, sorry, Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Now, he's only mentioned here in Genesis 14 and Hebrews 7. We've only got him three times, and he's a little insignificant character. Or is he? Who is Melchizedek? Or Melchizedek, or whatever you said. I, that's, uh, sorry, I don't, I don't mean to pick on you. I grew up with Hebrew, you grew up uh, without. Okay. <laughs> so why is he mentioned? He's one of my favorite biblical characters, and we're going to unpack this through the psalm, through Genesis. Just a, a reflection quickly, Genesis 14. Abraham goes and gets his cousin, nephew, whatever he is, Lot, in this battle with the five kings, the four kings. You've read this, Genesis 14. You've forgotten it a couple times, but there you go. You'll look it up later. You can look it up. Pause your playback and look it up now. Um, Genesis 14, because here Abraham brings a tithe. You know the word tithe. You're good at that, right? Bring ten. I, I liked what you said, giving, receiving. Just be a giver. Just be a giver. And, uh, and so here's Abraham who brings a tithe as a thanksgiving offering for, helping, for God helping him to get his nephew back and to win the battle. So he brings the tithe and he gives it to this Melchizedek. Who is he? He's this non-Jew, because Abraham's the first Jew. He's not related to Melchizedek. He brings money to him. He gives him money. Uh, provision, whatever money they used in those days, whatever the resource was. And then Melchizedek blesses Abraham. Cool. That's the story. Okay. But let's look at Hebrews chapter 7. I'm guessing, Ben, that you have your Bible on your phone since you didn't have it on anything else. But the rest of you uh, can turn in your Bible. Hebrews chapter 7. And this, it's really great. 
at the end of chapter 6, we get introduced to him this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil where Yeshua, you know him as Jesus, but his mother Miriam called him Yeshua, just letting you know. Where Yeshua, that's Hebrew, that's all. Where Yeshua has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Chapter 7, verse 1, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham as he was returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom Abraham also apportioned a tenth part, that's a tithe, of all the spoils, were first of all, by the translation of his name, king of righteousness and king of uh, Salem, which is king of peace. So two things were introduced by his translation of his name, Melchi, king, Melech, king, Tzedek, righteousness. He's the king of righteousness, which would be a cool name for you to name your kid. Melchi, I mean, what do you call him? You know, uh, uh, Melchi, king of righteousness. That's a great name to give your, your son if you're pregnant. King of Salem King of Salem, what's that? Salem, Shalom, King of Peace, the city of peace, Ir-Shalom, Ir-Shalom, Ir-Jerusalem. So Melchizedek is the king, read mayor, of Jerusalem. That's where he is. That's who he is. He's also a priest. And you know that priests aren't only Jewish priests, that there are priests of other religions. He's a priest from another place, that's all. And it says that he is, in verse number three, without father, without mother. Have some of you heard that Melchizedek is Jesus? Yeah, stop listening to who taught you that. Um, because Jesus had father, God. He had mother, Miriam. So Melchizedek can't be Yeshua. He's like him. I get that, but he's not him. Without beginning of days nor end of life, but made like, there it is, there's the word, don't miss it, like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever, perpetually. And that's what we read in the psalm. You're a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now observe how great this man is. So here's Melchizedek. He is significant in Abraham's time does he matter in our time so the writer of Hebrews who by the way I think is Priscilla don't ask maybe we'll talk about it later not during the sermon you observe how great this man was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth okay he goes through this and he basically says this if Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth, then Abraham pays the greater. The lesser pays the greater. And Melchizedek blessed Abraham, and the greater blesses the lesser. So he's saying that in, in power rankings, Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. Now that's important, because who is in Abraham? It says in the loins of Abraham, in my version, Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, one daughter. And one of those sons was Levi, or sorry, Levi. 
So Levi is in the loins of Abraham. So Levi, get this, is less than Melchizedek. Melchizedek is greater than Levi. Who's in Levi? All the priests existing at the time of the writing of Hebrews. So every priest in the priesthood itself is lesser than the priesthood according to the order of Melchizedek. See how that works? This is how he's going to, sorry, this is how she's going to solve the problem of the great high priest who can't be a priest. Yeshua is from the order of Melchizedek. Now, once you hear this, you'll understand Hebrews 7. Before this, you may have skipped right through that. Let's see what it says. Um, in verse number 11, now if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it, the people received the Torah, what further need was there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be designated according to the order of Aaron? So perfection can't come through Abraham, through Levi. It can only come from another place. You want to be perfect? You want to be perfected? Let's be there so you don't get too high-horsed. It can't come through Levi because they stood every year. This standing is really important. Standing? Sitting? Yep, yeah, I'll show you. For when the priesthood is changed, verse 12, of necessity there needs to be a change of law also. For the one concerning whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no one has officiated at the altar, meaning the holy temple in Jerusalem. Nobody came from Melchizedek to serve in the holy temple. You with me? It's a little confusing, but I'm with you. You'll get me. And this is clearer still in verse 15. If another priest arises according to the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become such not on the basis of a law of physical requirement, because every priest had to come through a genealogical accurate tick, yes, he's from Levi, yes, he's kosher, but according to the power of an indestructible life, for it is attested of him, and here it is, the quote from Psalm 110, you're a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, there is setting aside of a former commandment because of the weakness and uselessness, for the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there's bringing in of a better hope. If you know anything about the book of Hebrews or letter to the Hebrews, you know that this is a book with the word better as numero uno. It is a better covenant. We have better blood. We, Yeshua is better than Moses. He's better than the angel. Better, better, better. It's the better book. You want a book? You want? No, this is better. It's the book of Hebrews. And it. so now we have a better priesthood because it's from another order. You're going to get this. Trust me. Law made nothing through, okay, and inasmuch, verse 20, as it was not without an oath, for they, this indeed became, they became priests without an oath, but he with an oath, see, the Lord has sworn. So there's an oath that's given there. There was never an oath given to Levi. So the oath is better, the priesthood is better, the perfectibility is better. You with me? It's becoming clearer, okay. 
The Lord has sworn will not change his mind. You're a priest forever, verse 22. So much the more also Yeshua has become the guarantee of a better covenant. So now the agreement is better. It's better than the Mosaic covenant, which was pretty darn good. You may not think so, but I, I was, I'm pretty pleased. The former priests, on the one hand, existed in greater numbers because they were prevented by death from continuing. So every Levitical priest died. Every, so we can't live on forever. The system might go on, but individual priests don't go on. So they're lesser than the order of Melchizedek, where the priest lives on forever. Who's that? That's Yeshua. See what I mean? So we've got a durability that's better. They were prevented by death. But Yeshua, verse 24, on the other hand, because he continues leolam forever, ionion, into the ages of the ages, holds his priesthood permanently. This is better. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost. I love that phrase. Save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he ever lives to make intercession for them. And this goes to my first point before the sermon, that he didn't just love me until I got saved. He wasn't just gentle and lowly until I got saved. He's still there. He's still making intercession for us. Hey, what's your Savior up to? He's praying for me right now. Wow, ponder that. He didn't just die, go to, you know, rise from the dead. Cool, that was awesome. Let's focus on that and do. He ever lives to intercede for you. You're not waking him up to some reality of how you had a mucked up week last week or this morning or the bad thoughts you're having <laughs> just now. Um, he, he is living now to intercede, to go between for you. What's your gig? Yeshua, what's your gig? Oh, you're, thank you. He's interceding for me. The present tense of Yeshua, what he's up to now. He's the great high priest. For it was fitting, verse 26, for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, exalted above the heavens, who doesn't need daily, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people, because he, <laughs> this he did once for all. So now we've got a better system, because these guys did it all the time, over, 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 dead, a new system, you know, I mean, not, sorry, uh, New offering, new offering, new offering every day. Jesus, one off. Done, dusted, tick. <sighs> Permanent, impermanent. And what does it say? That they stood daily offering. Is that next? Yeah. Uh, the open done for the sins of people. He did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men as high priests who are weak. Not weak in a mamby-pamby sense, but incapable of accomplishing permanent cleansing. But the word of the oath, which came after Torah, see, after Levi, appoints a son made perfect forever. Standing, don't miss it. Those priests stood every day offering. What did Yeshua do? 
when he accomplished everything. He died on the cross. They buried him. He re- 40 d- He's hanging around for six weeks afterwards teaching the guys, I want to see that video. That's going to be so cool. And then he ascends, and they watch him. I, I, whoa. What would you? Whoa. And the angels say, what are you standing there watching for? What, what, are you, what would you be doing? Anyway, up he goes. And then it says, when he ascended, he led captive a host of captives, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And we said that. We used to say this in the creeds. Remember, you'd say, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Holy Son, our Lord, crucified under Pontius Pilate, dead, buried, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. What's the big deal about seating? Is he tired? He's exhausted. I'm seated. I'm t- No, it's not tired from exhaustion. He's not seated because of weariness. He's seated because he's enthroned as king. He's king, and therefore he can accomplish things. The priests stood daily offering, offering, offering. It cried incomplete. But Yeshua seated because it is finished. It's finished. He can accomplish once for all, meaning for all people, and once for all, meaning for all time. Hallelujah. What a Savior. No wonder we can say we have a great high priest. Not according to the order of Levi, which cried, the system cried incomplete, but according to the order of Melchizedek, a priest forever to accomplish what God needed to accomplish on our behalf. Now you get it? Now you get why the author of Hebrews... And look, Matthew 22. I'll close the Bible portion with this. Matthew 22, it's in red, so you know it. You know it's important. Matthew 22, some guys are giving him stick, which is customary. And it's at the end of the chapter. I don't hear the rustling of many Bible pages. Ah, that's it. They should make them rustle. Can you turn on turn on the audio and let's hit no, 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 turn. Yeah, that's I like that. I like the sound of rustling pages. There, <laughs> there are all kinds of ways to communicate. Thank you. That that works. <laughs> And in verse (laughs) 41, now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Yeshua asked them a question. What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said, "Uh, the son of David. Which, by the way, I I was taught at my synagogue when I was a youth, who is the Messiah? He is Ben David, Mashiach Ben David, Messiah, the son of David, the, the conquering king. There's also story about Mashiach Ben Yosef, the, the son of Joseph, the suffering Messiah, but it takes a smaller role than the son of David. So Yeshua said, then how does David in the spirit call him Lord? And he quotes Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies beneath your feet. If David calls him Lord, how is he his son? No one was able to answer him a word, nor did anyone dare from that day on to ask him another question. Whose son is he? Well, yeah, he's from David. Yeah, he's the son of God. 
and he's done everything he needed to do to accomplish what he needed on your behalf and my behalf and your behalf. Hallelujah, what a savior. I am so grateful. It was 1971, if you can remember or have studied that as history, when I came, when I came to faith in Jesus and now five decades on, he's still holding on to me. He hasn't, oops, let go. He doesn't let go. He ever lives to make intercession for me. Oh, and you guys too. He's very busy. And I am so grateful that he's given me eternal life, given me hope. I want to share that with others. I want to share that with others, maybe like a priest as well. And maybe you, let me just ask, do you know this Messiah? Do you know this Savior? Do you know this one who has accomplished it all? Whether you're here in the sanctuary in this industrial park, or you're at home or in jail or wherever you're watching this, do you know Jesus? Has he given you eternal life? Hmm. Have you received him as Savior? Have you professed him as your Savior? He ever lives as the gentle and lowly to give you eternal life. So if you've not ever done that right now, right where you're seated or lying down or praying, God, forgive me. That's all you have to do. Just say those words. God, forgive You can go ahead anytime you want. God, forgive me. Make me new and he ever lives to intercede for you so be confident of that not because you're so good but because he's so good his kindness leads to your repentance awesome is he awesome is he if you've never done that this morning don't miss your chance tonight in 2040 when you're watching this wherever whenever don't miss your chance say yes to Yeshua. Jewish, Gentile, Greek, Turkish, Buenos Aires, wherever you're from. Let God wash over you with his kindness and his mercy and his love and give you repentance. Say something like this, Father, yeah, you can close your eyes or you can look up to heaven. Yeshua used to pray like that. Lord, I I'm not telling you something you don't know, but I need your help. I am sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for living for myself and not for your kingdom. I'm sorry for sin, whatever sin I'm thinking of right now, but I am grateful for your eternal life. You wash over me. Thanks for forgiving me. Thanks for the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't deserve it. I'm really, really grateful. And if you can look down and find me, here I am. And the Bible and everybody here at church is saying that you, you're looking after me. So thanks. Thanks for making me born again, giving me eternal life. I receive Jesus as my Savior. I want to follow you with my whole heart. Give me a team of people, some friends, some colleagues, so I can walk this out in Yeshua's name. Just pray that prayer. And God in his mercy hears that prayer and forgives you right where you are. And you'll cry, hallelujah, what a savior. Friends, that's what I wanted to teach you today.
the confidence we can have, not because we've got some genealogical connection, but because God appointed him as a priest forever for you. Awesome.